Good Sunday morning. You're listening to Real Life, Real People Radio. Thank you so much for listening today. And we want to give a shout out again to our listeners. Thank you for listening each Sunday. We know there's a lot of things you can be doing right now, and we just so appreciate you tuning in to Real Life, Real People Radio. And also, thank you to our sponsors. You know who you are, and we couldn't do it without you. So thank you for your loyal sponsorship every month. Today, we're going to continue the series talking about who is Jesus to us. Tanya, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. How are you? Good. I've been doing a few interviews with people and asking them the question, who is Jesus to you? And it's interesting, the responses that I've been receiving. I know you had said that he was love to you. And I love that, by the way. I mean, you, that's just the perfect way to describe Jesus is love and how he wants us to love him without all of our heart and soul and mind. And, and I've asked a few other people this question, and a few people have said, he's my foundation. I really liked that. That's good. Jesus is our foundation. And then a few people have said, well, he's my best friend. How do you like that one? That's cool. Yeah, I like that as well. And then, of course, I've had people say, He is my Savior. And Absolutely, that, and He is all those things. He is, He is. And I even had one friend say, He's my everything, and I could be nothing without Him. And so it's been very interesting. I just have heard from so many people on different ways they describe Jesus. But I had one friend say something, and in fact, Her interview will be next week, but she said that he is personal to me and intentional. And I liked that because Jesus is personal to us and he wants a personal relationship with each of us. Indeed he does. And I think that is very important as we focus on any of our shows that that is the message that we're trying to convey to you. It is about your relationship with Christ that makes all the difference in how you act, who you are, and how He is in your life. Exactly. And so not only do we want to hear from real people today on who Jesus is to them, but we want to show you some people from Jesus's life when He was here in doing His earthly ministry, what He was to these people and how he still then wanted a deep relationship with them just like he does with us so do you know this real and personal jesus that's the question good question good question i'm going to be interested to hear some of the feedback yes and and do you have a personal relationship with him so while you're pondering this question, why don't we invite you to sit back and relax, grab your favorite cup of coffee, grab hold of your Bibles, but most importantly, grab hold of Jesus and he will bring the Bible to life for you. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning with great expectations. Lord, we know there is so much that you give us without us even asking for anything more. But Lord, we ask today to be able to see you more clearly, to let our vision of you and who you are to us become even more personal as we go about this 
time together and our time with you. Lord, we know that there is so much you have to share with us, but we have to have that connection with you. So Lord, open our hearts and our minds to hear you today, to be able to move forward in what you have in store for us. Lord, we thank you. You you love us and you forgive us and you, you give us more than we can ask. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Beautiful prayer. So, Tanya, as we discuss Jesus and having a real and personal relationship with Him, I think we need to start out with talking about our relationships with Jesus. I didn't personally know Jesus until I was 18 years old. I lived most of my life knowing about Jesus, but I didn't have that real relationship with Him and didn't give Him my heart, didn't really understand that He wanted me to have a relationship with Him, and He loved me so much that I was a sinner, but He came to save me and forgive me for my sins. I didn't really understand all that or desire, maybe, a relationship with Him until I was 18. And I'm just going to say, after knowing Him and having a relationship with Him, it's, it's true that I can't imagine my life without Jesus right now at all and I just am so thankful that I do know him but it it's one of those things that yes you give him your heart but it's a process of of reaffirming our relationship and our love for him all the time and and becoming more devoted to him and letting him love us those are good points Jill um I know for me I have not known my life without Jesus from as far back as I can remember Jesus has been a part of who I am, even from a little girl. Um, But at the same time, it was not until I got in my adulthood that I began that relationship. So for me, for many years, God was, oh, save me from this. Oh, help me with this. Instead of that daily, every day, need Him every moment, carrying Him in all that I was doing, not just the things I was having challenges with, It was about carrying him in my every day. And my life has changed because I have brought him into my good and my bad, my my failures and my successes. But he's been there the whole time and taught me new lessons with each experience. And he will do that the more time we spend with him. And I know we've talked about that a lot, is spending time with Jesus and, and just like you would a best friend. You want to talk to him. You you want... Seek his counsel on exactly. things. I mean, when I have an issue, I, my first tendency is to pick up a girlfriend. Call, right. You know, when I hear what they say. Really, I need to spend that time in prayer mm-hmm. before I go visit the girlfriends or call you and ask mm-hmm. for prayer. It is about d- trusting him enough mm-hmm. to go to him, even when you've fallen flat on your face. Right. And you can't see any way out. Mm-hmm. Because I know people struggle. We all struggle. We all have struggles that we don't talk about. But you can talk to God about them. You can, and I love that. And He wants us to. He wants us to talk to Him and pray to Him and spend time reading the Word, but really letting His Word sink in to us. You know, these are love letters that He writes to us. Everything that you read here in the Scriptures is, is... is positive. It's it's loving, and yes, there's some things that we have to 
look at that might be warnings or, you know, don't do this, don't do that to obey. But when you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, you want to follow Him. You want to do those things that are pleasing to Him. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to fall short. Exactly. Because you We are. all have fallen short. You're right. But Jesus came, first of all, to save us. Because He knew we were all sinners. And we're all lost without Him. He came to seek and save the lost. How do you like that? That's good. And He really did. And I was lost. You were lost. You know, maybe you were a young child not knowing, but... It's we're all lost. We all have sinned and fallen short. We have. And even in your adult life, even when it appears that you've got stuff all managed and you're all going in the right direction, Mm -hmm. it looks like your job's doing well, your family's doing well, you can still be lost. Are you feeling empty? That's a sign that you're lost. Mm -hmm. Jesus can feel that. As a nurse in my professional life, Um, It is very easy for us to give so much of what we do to help our patients. Very easy to get lost in that. You have to have a place to fill yourself back up. Jesus is the answer to get that fulfillment. Mm -hmm. Because you can be lost in doing good. Yes, you can. Filling your plate too full that you're just working and working and striving to achieve and do this and that. that It's that feeling of emptiness. It is. And... God is saying, have a relationship with me. Develop that relationship with me and and the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is where you're going to find that true freedom and joy. And so I'm going to give you an example. Jesus told parables. He told these stories to people that he was teaching. A lot of them were to his own disciples And there's a parable in Luke chapter 15, the parable of the lost sheep. And basically, um, he's talking about that that we are all, like we said before, sinners. We're all lost. And so he was telling a parable about a man had a hundred sheep. And he said, if he has lost one of them, do you think he would not leave the 99 in open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And then when he finds that sheep, he would rejoice. Yes, Jesus is saying that it is time to rejoice, for I have found the sheep that was lost, that one. And there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner, one sinner who repents over the 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. We've all been that one sinner. We've all been that lost sheep at one time or the other. Jesus wants us to come to him. He wants to save the lost. And that just right there just warms my heart knowing that, yes, I can be lost, but Jesus has come to save me and to save you. And if you're listening, he's come to save you. This is probably one of my most favorite parables because... It reminds us that God's kingdom is accessible to all of us. Even that single lost soul that may be over mm-hmm. here. And I love the verse from uh, Luke fifteen seven. Jesus reminds us that there is more rejoicing in heaven over the one sinner who repents than the 99 that are doing good. So it's great if you're doing great. But if you feel like you're isolated and you're that single lost soul, 
there's more rejoicing going on because you return back to Jesus. And how powerful is that? I just think it helps when we put it in perspective. And I'm going to kind of paraphrase some out of John chapter 10. This is coming from the verses 11 through 18. Jesus calls himself the good shepherd who not only searches for the lost sheep, but also lays down his own life for them. That's right. Beautiful. And his sheep know his voice yes, as well. And, and I'm glad you brought John into this, that those scriptures are so powerful because he did lay down his life for all of us. He did. And I know we just recently celebrated the death, burial, and resurrection and Resurrection Sunday, and he's not in the tomb. I know we just celebrated all that recently, but it is valuable for us to remember it each and every day. Because not only is he looking for you to try and help you, he's going to bring you back. And he died so that you sin no more. Exactly. And that is so powerful and just a reminder of why we need to come home to him. Let him love you. We all were lost and now we're found. Just like the song Amazing Grace. We all were once lost and now we're found. When we repent, turn to Jesus and come home to him. He is waiting for us. And listener, there's nothing you've done that will make him love you less. He loves you. So don't beat yourself up when you've made mistakes. He will rejoice when you come to him. He's ready and he's waiting for you. There's a story in Luke 19 about Jesus and Zacchaeus. Have you heard of Zacchaeus and the tree? Yes, sang the song. Yes, Zacchaeus and the tree. Well, Jesus is entering Jericho and was passing through and there was a man named Zacchaeus and he was a chief tax collector and he was very rich. And it says here that he was a small man. He was small in stature. So he couldn't see when Jesus was passing through. So what did he do? He climbed up on a tree. So you can just kind of imagine this. in a sycamore tree. And because he wanted to see Jesus pass through. And so when Jesus came, he looked up and he saw Zacchaeus. Hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. Can you imagine Jesus saw him up there? And I can't imagine how Zacchaeus would have felt because he, a tax collector, was viewed as a sinner. Really was. In fact, the crowds were discussing, why on earth is Jesus going to that sinner's house? Right. That was such a a dynamic thing for that time period. Mm -hmm. But Jesus did go to be the guest of a man who was a sinner. He went to his house. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Isn't that comforting? For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. So if he will do that for a sinner like Zacchaeus, he will surely do it for us. So Jesus' encounter with Zacchaeus is an example of a kingdom of God bringing salvation to the outcasts and to those who feel rejected by others. So listener, if you feel this way, we've all felt that way at one time or the other. I've felt that way. Tanya's felt that way. It's normal to feel excluded. Jesus wants you to know that you are included in his kingdom. Amen. Indeed he is. 
And I want to share a verse from Psalm, and this is coming from Psalm chapter 9, verses 9 and 10. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. So if you feel like you are that lost sheep, he's looking for you. And he will not forsake you. And he wants you to seek him, just like Zacchaeus did. He even had to go up into a tree to try to seek out Jesus. So not only does Jesus come to save the lost, Tanya, he comes to forgive us. And we all need forgiving. Like you said earlier, even when we are Christ followers, we make mistakes. We do. And it is going to be something that we constantly ask for forgiveness because we're human we're imperfect and we are going to make mistakes we are and it helps me to think of it in this perspective we feel guilty when we have fallen short and it makes us not want to turn back to to god i think he uses those opportunities to show us even when we make a mistake He's right there with us, and it's okay. He knew it before we made it, the mistake. And He wants to help us navigate what's next. But we have to be willing to be in that relationship and trust Him enough to know that it's okay that we made that mistake because He's still got something better for us. Right, and I like that you said that. He wants that relationship. He wants us to have that relationship with Him. So let's turn to a scripture in Luke 7 and it's verses 36 through 50 and this is about a sinful woman who has been forgiven and one of the Pharisees had asked Jesus to eat with him and so he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table and behold there was a woman of the city who was a sinner and she learned that Jesus was there reclining at the table at the Pharisee's house so what did she do Tanya she brought an alabaster flask of ointment And stood behind him at his feet, weeping. And then she began to wet Jesus' feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with that ointment. And you know what the Pharisee said? He said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this was touching him, for she is a sinner. And he's saying this to himself. Jesus knows what he's thinking. And so listen to what Jesus says in verse 40. Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher. So Jesus goes on to talk about an example of a money lender having two debtors where he owed 500 denarii to one and the other 50. And when they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. And then he asked him, Simon, which one would love more? And the Simon answered, the one, I suppose, for which he canceled a larger debt. And he said, you have judged rightly. Then he turned to the woman and and Simon, he said, do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss from the time I came in. And she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. 
but he who is forgiven little loves little. And then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And we can learn a lot from this, Tanya. Um, This woman, yes, she was a sinner. Look how she showed her love for her Lord and Savior. She loved much. It's a beautiful story of how she loved much. It truly is. And I feel many of us have this love for Jesus. We have a hard time expressing it. And then when we do something we know we shouldn't, we feel too badly to turn back to Him. Mm -hmm. But she, in the midst of who she was, still loved Him and showed that love and, and trusted Him and did not have that judgment that we all tend to have. Even when we don't intend to have that judgment, a lot of times we have that, oh, this shouldn't happen or that shouldn't happen because mm-hmm. of someone's past. doesn't matter your past with Jesus. doesn't matter anything but your future, and He wants to be a part of it. He does. And it's just a beautiful story about forgiveness and faith because Jesus also says to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. He saw her faith. He saw her actions of love. She didn't just say, oh, I love him. She showed him. And the Pharisees whose house he entered did none of those things. He didn't show his love. He may say, oh, I love you, Lord, but did he show that? And was he being judgmental and unforgiving? Correct. And that's hard to to put into place. But when you just love the way that Jesus has taught us, you act as the woman did in the parable. And so we can learn so much through this, and we can know that Jesus will forgive us. Again, there's nothing that you have done that Jesus won't forgive. Correct. Start now. Ask for forgiveness. Remember, the angels rejoice when one sinner repents and turns towards Jesus. And that is so important for us to remember as we walk through this life. So Jesus came to forgive us. He also came to heal us. And there's an encounter in Luke 18 that we would like to talk about. And it starts in verse 35. And it's when Jesus comes and heals a blind beggar. And this person is blind and he wants healing. So he calls out to Jesus and says, have mercy on me. He was sitting on the roadside begging. And then he heard a crowd going by. And they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And so he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front of him rebuked him, telling him, you be silent. But he cried out all the more. You see, he wanted the healing. So he cries out again, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus heard him. He stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? I love that. Jesus asked this man, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, let me recover my sight. So he asks for healing. And Jesus says to him, recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. So there are a couple things we can learn from this. Do we want healing? Yes. I would say most of us want to be healed. But have we asked Jesus? Have we cried out to him? Have mercy on me, Lord Jesus. Have mercy on me. 
like this man, he wanted that mercy. I think a lot of times we don't ask. I've talked to many people, including myself, at times that maybe I haven't asked for what I feel like I need, or I'm afraid that I'm not going to get the healing. And that's not what Jesus wants. He wants us to ask. Now, whether he heals when we want it, that's another story. But it's always for his glory, whatever comes our way. But sometimes the healing is more of a spiritual healing than healing from the sight. True, Which and is, there are some, some features that go along with that. But I think it's about having the relationship with Christ again. so that you want to turn to Him and ask for the things that are mm-hmm. important in your life because He wants to pay attention. Remember, He knows the hairs on your head. And it is important for him to know what's going on with your heart. And I'm the worst. I'm good at praying for everybody, but I'm really hard-pressed sometimes to tell you what it is that is really on my heart that I'm praying about. I'm praying about it, but I don't necessarily bring it up for everybody else to pray about it. And many times I ask for God's will more than specifics. Right. But I will tell you, when I have prayed for specifics, God has showed up and showed up. Yes, yes. Um, And what if he's waiting for that? What if it was simply, Tanya, I want you to ask me exactly what you want. Just like he asked the blind beggar, what do you want? And he told him specifically, Lord, help me recover my sight. Your faith has healed you is one of the key points Mm -hmm. in that encounter. And it takes a lot of faith. And Jill knows this because she prays with me enough on a daily basis. Many times I am praying for my faith to grow to where I need it to be, to be where I need to go. For me, that is a kind of, I guess, my growth spot for this. Mm -hmm. And so I want to encourage those that are listening today. Sometimes you have to grow to have the faith. Ask for that because that's a great sounding spot to get going so that you begin to have those things turn in your life in the way that you know God has placed on your heart. You're just a little bit fearful and the faith that you have maybe is not exactly where God needs it to be and maybe that's why it's not been answered. Right, and that's a healing right there. And a healing in order to have more faith and believe. Faith is believing when you don't see Believing that something is going to happen. And so when you pray in faith, it's different than just praying for something. Because a lot of times we can just pray, okay, I'm just going to pray, but I really don't believe this is going to happen. And I've prayed that way. Then I read and I studied about prayer. And there's a difference in praying and faith. Believing that it can happen. And so it's a learned Thing. It does, it's not natural all the time to believe. It's something that we grow to do. We grow as we grow closer to the Lord in our relationship. The more we depend on Him and trust Him, our faith starts growing. Indeed it does. And that was, I think, by design in how He wanted us to have those relationships with Him. Exactly. And so are we ready to have a real relationship with Jesus? He came to love each of us. He loves us, yes. And Tanya, by his stripes, we are healed. 
We are. And by his grace, we are saved. So come to the Lord Jesus. He's waiting to heal you. I heard a song just today by Zach Williams. You're probably familiar with it. Chainbreaker. One of my favorites. And I just want to read these words because this is what Jesus is saying to us. And I just love this. If you've got pain, I'm a pain taker. If you feel lost, I'm a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, I'm a prison shaking savior. If you've got chains, I'm a chain breaker. And there is a better life. There is a better life. Folks, it's time to come to that better life. And it starts with a real relationship with Jesus Christ. We're all sinners. We all have fallen short of the glory of God. But the good news is that all we have to do is repent, come to Jesus, believe, have that faith that He died for our sins and has come to be our Savior and wants to take those chains off, take that pain away, show us the way, and give us that freedom. Remember, Jesus will seek and save the lost sheep. If you're that lost sheep today, don't lose faith. Dig your heels in just a bit harder. Pray a bit deeper. And Jill, I'm going to ask that you lead us in prayer. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, we do want to pray deeper to you. We want to pray believing that you will answer our prayers. Lord, we love you so much, and we know that you want a real and a personal relationship with us. But Lord, we've been too afraid to let go. We've been too afraid that we've sinned too much. But Lord, you've come to save us. You've come to heal us. You've come to forgive us. So Lord, let us remember these things and to love you with our whole heart. To not worry about what we've done or what we haven't done, but to remember that you are there for us and you want us to be right there with you. So we thank you and we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to Real Life, Real People Radio. You can hear us every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. If you would like to listen to previous episodes, please go to realliferealpeopleradio.podbean.com. And just remember, every day will be a good day when you get real with God. Real Life, Real People Radio, copyright 2022, all rights reserved. Jesus the Center